This audio is brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. This is a special reunion radio edition of Marketing Matters, live from the Wharton School during Alumni Weekend on the historic campus of the University of Pennsylvania. Here are your hosts, Barbara Kahn and Americus Reed. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Marketing Matters here on Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. I'm Barbara Kahn. I'm the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing, and I'm here with Americus Reed, the Whitney M. Young Jr. Professor of Marketing and a brand identity theorist, which is very important in our upcoming interviews, yeah, right? Absolutely. It's very important. <laughs> By the way, can I just say something? Of course. I, I have to always kind of start out this at the tone. <laughs> Okay, for our listeners out there, they can't see this, but this is Alumni Weekend, and uh, the vibe on campus, okay? Can I just say it is exciting, it is enthusiastic, it's like all of the Wharton family. But you ha- know Wait a minute, I'm not finished. I'm sorry. Hashtag my Wharton, okay? 97,000. And they are upon us on campus, and it, I'm just I'm just like feeling the energy. It's it's awesome, isn't it? No, it's so fantastic. <laughs> I walk to school every day, so I totally know what you're talking about. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed this, but it's a really new young thing. I wonder we have with us. We'll talk about our guest in a second. She's been a 30 year reunion now, but the young people who are here, they're all taking these pictures. Have you seen it? They'll line up in the, yeah. it's like Instagram yeah. pictures, yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. it's all up and down. <laughs> yes, all these pose pictures. It, yeah, yeah. And every, everyone is capturing like the selfie. We have to curate kind of like the most incredible image. You know, the, the young folks. I mean, it's awesome. It's we have really different. It's really different. It's really really cool. But it's just exciting to see like so many groups of folks who are you know share a common kind of bond with each other. It's just awesome, I think, on campus. I'm really excited to be here today. Yeah, I'm, actually, yeah. I'm really excited because they're using real cameras. They're yeah. not just using their phone. That's right. So, like it, This is the real deal. This, <laughs> is the, this is what we do at the Warden School. That's right. There you go. Well, as you know, Marketing Matters usually airs on Wednesdays from 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, but today, on Friday, we're on our fourth annual Reunion Radio Weekend. It's that magical time, as America's just said, when people are getting ready to graduate and we have all our great Alumni come back. Alumni, 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 alumnus. We're the professors, and we have no idea. Yeah, some kind we're, of yeah. alum that some we kind have. Of alum. Yeah, yeah. And we're really excited because we have some stopping in the studio today. Um, and our first guest is Stephanie Shelley. She's a chief marketing officer, an advisor, and a board director, and she's ahead of the whole thirty-year wow. group, right? Yeah. Head of the engagement committee oh, the engagement for the committee. class of 1989 mm-hmm. MBA class. Wow! And I'm very proud of it. It's Excellent. been a, it's been a great year. Uh-huh. I will say, working yeah. on this. Nice. Yeah. So very, we're going to talk cool. to her in a second. And at 12:30, we're going to have Erico Clevenger. Pope, who's the vice president of global marketing for Nestle Purina Pet Care. Um, and, and that person's going to come at 1230. But right now, we have awesome. Stephanie. So let's talk. About, and what we really want to know, Stephanie, is what, what you did since you left Wharton. <laughs> sure. <laughs> 89, right? 1989, right? Yeah. Uh, 1989. Yeah. And we didn't have, we couldn't do selfies back then. Right. We didn't have that same <laughs> no. technology. Right. Right. Um, right. But anyway, it's been a great run. Uh-huh. And aside from being the chair of the engagement committee for my reunion, um, what I am, I've been doing 
doing, I've been a chief marketing officer a number of different times in the financial services, fintech, and business services space. Um, and I could tell you all about that, but I was at the big banks, Chase, Citibank, Capital One, mm-hmm. and then Broadridge Financial Solutions, a, a fintech company. Um, I actually started my career, though, at GE and GE Capital with intrapreneuring, uh, building ventures inside of uh, large mm-hmm. companies, mm-hmm. which has been really interesting. And what I do today is I do a lot of advisory uh, board work, consulting work with private equity venture capital firms on growth and value creation. Okay, so let's kind of unpack some of that. Let's first start. <laughs> so you're an MBA, graduated in 1989, yes. and you were telling us before outside, who was one of your favorite professors? What are the classes that <laughs> you remember? Mc- Ian McMillan. Wasn't Dean America, so. Sorry. Yeah, wasn't oh, sorry, sorry no. guys. Oh, yeah, you guys. Right answer. I should have known that beforehand. Yes. 80, but 80, in 89, you were marketing and strategic management and yes. entrepreneurship. Yes. Uh, so I was marketing and strategic management, but I did a lot of, uh, I took a lot of entrepreneurship classes mm-hmm. and I worked at the Small Business Development Center. That's awesome. And in fact, became the... Um, co-chair when they have a student, you know, working with the permanent uh, leader mm-hmm, there, but mm-hmm. absolutely love that. Worked mm-hmm. with small businesses every day, all day. Excellent. But Ian McMillan, one of my favorite professors um, who we would have to come up with new ideas every week about a new product, a new business, a new idea, and he would usually shoot us down with about 25 <laughs> different reasons why it wouldn't work, and then he'd make us work even harder to nice. make it work. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so what we want to hear is your education really served you well in yes. your next careers, right? right? Is that true? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I've, and I think you, you can ask the committee that we've all been working on for the whole year is I love Wharton so much. It, it's, it was an absolutely great experience. And, you know, I think about working with those entrepreneurs and small businesses while I was here. I was learning and I was helping them, consulting with them, helping them grow and build their businesses. But anyway, that's just continued on for years and years. And I'm very, uh, very, awesome. very proud. But you've always it sounds like you've always had kind of the entrepreneurial spirit inside of you, like trying to come out. Yes. I mean, that, I, it, it was like, yes, right? yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, it's funny if I go back to my, uh, excuse me, undergraduate from Colgate university, I was an economics major That's a good and, background. <laughs> and fascinated in psychology as well. And I would say probably if I was given another track, I think behavioral economics and innovation just mm-hmm. are, especially today in mm-hmm. today's world. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're all fascinated with lots of interesting companies right now, but you pick the Amazons and the Google and the Facebooks, what we used to say we wanted, mm-hmm. you know, and has now become much more of we don't even know what we want, but it's being put right in front of us. And it is something that we want. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. anyway, innovation, um, I've always been very passionate about that. Mm-hmm. And in my large company roles, and then also with working with startups and early stage companies, uh, it's always the same, which is what... Wait, let me, before you get to that, let yeah, me just sorry. see. I, I just kind of want to know how you built your career. Cause oh, sure. We're talking to a, I've been talking to a lot of students, and they, there's like we have a few courses now on career planning and things yep. like this. And I wonder how thoughtful you were in planning how you got from when you graduated to here. So you said your first job was with a big company. So... Uh, well, before uh, business school, I was at Bankers Trust Company, and I was in corporate finance, went through their big um, financial training program, and spent three years there, and learned everything I needed to know about numbers. <laughs> Decided that's good to have, mm-hmm. but I wasn't really just about numbers. Mm-hmm. So I came back to War. I came to Wharton, got my Okay, MBA. so let's just ask that one question. When you came back, so you had an undergrad in economics, yep. you had a great job. What, was the, what did you think in your head was the value of coming back for an MBA? Well... This is going to shock you. Um, my employer offered to put me through the WEMBA program. 
and I still decided to come back on my own. And the reason oh, I did that, oh, yeah, okay. the reason I did that was I really wanted to get into strategy and general management so change. and leadership. Yeah. It, what I realized was I love figuring out how companies work, but I'd really like to be in those roles driving the company, building the company, those kinds of things. And it was a little crazy at the time because I was taking out lots of loans and, you know, didn't have that kind of money and all. But I look back on it now, it's the best decision I ever made. That's good. So we're worth it. (laughs) Absolutely. That's the conclusion. That's right. That's right. I'm your poster child. You can hang me out there, whatever you want. Okay. So where did you go when you left here? So when I left here, I wanted to go into management consulting. And I thought management consulting was a good perspective of problem solving, learning companies, understanding, particularly strategies and how to grow companies. So I went into management consulting. I actually spent a year abroad in London right away um, and just uh, learned a tremendous amount. It was a great platform. From there, I was approached um, by GE and GE Capital. This was this was back in the day when, for those of you that don't know, but GE was a real force, an incredible <laughs> company. Back in the day, GE <laughs> was I'm sorry. Wow. Was Jack Welsh there at the time? He was yeah. there. Yes, yeah. he was. So this and is the early 90s. It was the early 90s. And it was an incredible job. I I actually joined, uh, they brought in management consultants to work in their corporate strategy and business development. That was like the, I mean, that was like the Harvard of management. GE, that's where George Day got a lot of his experience also. It was, it was amazing. And, and you know, what was funny is I, so I worked um, and I had the incredible luxury of working directly with Jack Welch at 28, 27, 28 years old or so. And you were in the top Sigma or whatever that was. Well, you know, it was, it was incredible, but it's funny because what we were working on then was this big supply chain initiative across GE because they had never pulled together all of their sourced materials purchasing and all of that. Long story short, we saved giant amounts of money. We reconfigured the company. And then I was given, I was brought down to GE Capital to start a business out of that. And it was interesting because what they said is, you know, we have a lot of discounts now from our suppliers. Why don't we wrap that around some payment mechanisms and create some tools for Mm. small businesses and middle market? Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, that's why I say, you know, I, I don't, I don't know that I had planned a lot of this out, but kind of one thing came to another. Yeah. You know, one thing I would just say, and I, I can talk about some other things as well, is I'm a real planner. I mean, I like to write it down. I like to put mm. a plan together. Mm-hmm. And then you realize it, you, you just lightly have it in front of you, but you see what else is going on and you see what happens and what opportunities come up. Mm-hmm. And I think you, that balance of those two has been extremely helpful for me Um to get to, you know, where I am today. But some of this, and I agree with that. Like, I'm not a planner, so I'm always looking at all these opportunities. And by the way, I agree with that, that you're not a planner. (laughs) I can help you out on that if you want. But you have to be open to the opportunities. But sometimes you have to, I mean, you really took a big, not a risk, but you actually, you wanted to change careers. That wasn't Mm -hmm. waiting for the opportunity. That was creating your own opportunity Mm -hmm. with a very definite plan in place. Yeah, yeah, no, it was. And, And, you know, the thing about GE that, that one of one of my passions is um, large and small companies. So people may say, "Oh, big global companies," or "Oh, startups." There's a lot of the same elements in that. And working at GE was just like that. It was a giant company, but it was like an entrepreneurial mindset inside. Mm-hmm. And so I had several jobs there, was moved around, given tremendous opportunities. And I always love to say, you know, to people about their careers is be confident about what you can do, because I think sometimes you're doing it and you're not sure. I think there they had more, um, what's the right word, you know, kind of thoughts about what I could do, mm-hmm. but take it and run with it. 
Um, and so anyway, after that, if, if you'd like me to yeah, just you sure. know, go on a little bit, had years at GE, was fantastic. I went down to GE Capital, and then I went into the financial services space. So. And how did that happen? Did they recruit you, or was this part of your game plan? Or You know... I think I've had financial services. Actually, I should say I, I've I've really loved banking and financial services. I don't even want to say that when I was a kid, I used to like play bank. I know. Are you I just, yeah, I, I know. School. Sorry. I, I, I was in the woods with like a cinder block and an old Coke bottle. You, you know, I don't know. I wasn't well, and doing then the other it. thing you was and then, bank. I played bank with that my siblings. That's awesome. <laughs> she, oh boy, she, 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 was young, she was a young child, like you know, calculating compound interest. You know, the usual things. I mean, there you have it. Well, actually, my big marketing project here at Wharton was with the Chestnut Hill Community Bank um, here. I don't know if they're still around, but but back to banks, how much I love banks and all. The other thing is, you know, being an entrepreneur, I mean, I was an Avon lady and uh, Girl Scout cookies and you name it, babysitting services and all that. So I had a real business, financial services, Mm -hmm. like sort of Mm -hmm. space in that. You are a Wharton poster. I know. This is fantastic. Screaming Wharton. It is. This is awesome. So, but you know, for many years, um, I joined J.P. Morgan Chase at a time when digital was starting. So, mm. call this around the year 2000, and I was brought in as the head of strategy. Okay, so we're at 2000. In the 90s, you were pretty much a GE, and now you're kind of yeah, and different I, parts of GE, and now 2000, you're starting to go into banks. Right? Yeah, yeah, into and so and and you know, at that time. When I think back to it, if, if you can all remember online banking when it first started, you know, and, and it was like, what? We're going to pay money <laughs> right. over the Internet? Right. Hold I on mean, a some second. Some people were afraid of ATMs. <laughs> and, they, and, my, my, and my dad still was. He would yeah. never use an ATM. Yeah. But, yeah. but, you know, what was funny about this is um, so I came in as the head of strategy for what was called e-business and e-commerce at J.P. Morgan Chase. Wow. That and one of our exciting. big opportunities then was online banking. And yeah. we had to build it out. And we, we were building out a portal. So this was my second venture that I worked on where we brought in solutions for small businesses. So this was all targeted Mm. at how to make online banking a real cash management tool for small businesses. So it was B2B. It wasn't B2C, really. Um, It was a small business division, and I I think we call small businesses a half business and a half person. Oh, (laughs) I should It usually qualifies. Vocabulary in class. (laughs) (laughs) I'm back to my entrepreneurial passion here at Wharton. Yes. Um, But anyway, but what was interesting about it, so we built out online banking and then lots of other digital tools. Let me so, just interrupt yeah. you for one second. You mentioned behavioral economics, mm-hmm. uh, but now it's more I would imagine you probably intuitively used some of those nudges and things like that when you were doing this to try to get people to move into that. Absolutely. Well, you know, I was one of the things I was thinking about was the initial reaction to online banking was no. Right. No. Mm-hmm. Right. Why would I do this? I'm not going to do this. Right. So a lot mm-hmm. of our work was activation campaigns, how to get people to be comfortable with starting to do your banking online. Yeah. And if you think about it, and our other idea was we wanted to wrap that around a bigger portal of other solutions that small businesses need. And back then they needed, you know, travel services and they needed, you know, Mm. phone and they needed all their computer services and all those kinds of things. So we actually built out a portal. It was called BizBase and we had online banking. And then we built out the capabilities over the years. But what I would say is it, it took a while for people to adopt it. Yeah, I imagine, because you know? it really was scary. You know, yeah, it, it doesn't was. feel safe. It's not real money. It's no, like, it's yeah. not. And, oh, my gosh, passwords and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, but anyway, it was great. It was really, you know, we, we, we got to a great place. Um, so I was at J.P. Morgan Chase for years. From that, by the way, I should have now mentioned, I was became the 
chief marketing officer of the small business division. So a lot of great stuff there. We were always... Uh, By the way, at this point, how many people are working for you? Are you also learning management skills? Like uh, how Absolutely, you- yes. Um, so by that point, I was up to about 50 people. Um, and, you know, what I would say, you know, over the years, you go from like one person to a couple, et cetera. Uh, but even the first person... I. Have to, I just can't resist saying this, but the first person I ever managed, I learned probably more than I ever learned about managing people. Uh, if you think about, you know, a smart person who's a hard worker or a hard worker, uh, a smart person who's not a hard worker and a hard worker who's not a smart person, I will go back to the hard worker and the grit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think mm-hmm. I learned a lot in That's my Angela first time. That's Angela Absolutely. I love that. I love that book. It's yeah. just, you know, how hard you work. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, after J.P. Morgan Chase, I was at a couple of other banks at Citibank, um, and I ran all the deposit So products. again, I'm just curious how these tra- transitions happen. Sure. Do the, the recruiters come after you, or you? How does how does that work? How do you move from one bank to another? You don't have to do a non compete, or I yeah. mean, now you got a lot of inside information. Mm-hmm. They probably want to hire that. How does that work? How does- yeah. Well, I think. Well, first of all, you know, at every company that you're at, I think you'd like to stay there, with it being a challenging, interesting company to work for where you'll work on in a particular role and then maybe there'll be another opportunity and you'll continue your career, your own development, and they'll be getting a lot from you and you'll be getting a lot from them. At this time, it was right around the financial industry crash that was about so to happen. So this is 2007, something like that? So it was starting to get really wobbly out there and um, there were a and lot of mergers. 2007, 2008, somewhere around there? Yeah. So sometimes, and I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with this, at this time, J.P. Morgan Chase and Bank One were merging. And so my role and a lot of roles were eliminated. So that's one reason, you know, that people may be moving on to something else. The other thing is, though, I have been called, you know, um, in fact, a job later, you get called about a particular job. And I think then you have to just decide with what you're doing, where you are, and if there's more opportunities. And, you know, one thing I would just say is in today's world, it's very important to be thinking about our employees and each of us to be thinking about ourselves. Um, you know, in our own career development, I think back a little bit when I was a lot younger in a different phase, I don't think that was as focused on as much. Uh, but we want to keep our employees, you know, our people happy and you want to keep developing your careers. So um, so anyway, I've had all of those. I've either been my role has been eliminated or I've been called. Uh, when I was at Citibank, I was called by Capital One and they were moving from being a credit card company into a bank. And so I became a chief marketing officer. So what does that mean, chief marketing officer <laughs> in well, the financial world? <laughs> the person who finally takes over the role with all the responsibility for marketing. <laughs> you pull the short straw. No. Uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, you don't. You right. don't. Marketing is really, really great. Um, you know, uh, so marketing, depending on the company and depending on what you're doing, I think it can be a lot of different things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The one we were just talking about with Capital One, you know, they were a credit card company right. and they had just bought a number of banks and they had to really rebrand themselves that they were much more than just a card company and then think about, okay, how are we going to integrate our, our, our customer databases and how are we going to support our banking customers now? That's different than credit cards. So it was everything. I mean, we did a lot of work on branding. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so America's cute. 
you America's friend. I can't believe this. Thank you. Thank you very much for that uh, softball pitch, I appreciate you. It is that, huge, though. It was it was critical. Yeah. I mean, it was. Uh, you remember the what's in your wallet? And yeah. all? There was oh. a lot. There was a lot of those kinds of <laughs> conversations that went on about, hey, how are we going to do this? And yes. now we have commercial customers. We got yes. big corporate customers and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that had to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, that was mm-hmm. one. And then the other one was just, you know, as you're rebranding a bank in a new yeah. okay. marketplace. Yes. You know, what, what, who are you? What are you doing? What kind yes. of products and solutions? Who are the customer so, base? Right. Uh, when you get to it, just, you know, really seriously about this brand, how... How important is brand in choosing a bank mm. and in terms Fair of enough. location right. or we, we, I we've, just we've had these there. conversations about, you know, the, 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 the bank cafes, the, the new mm-hmm. ways of trying to reimagine yeah. it. Because yeah. for me, you know, there's no reason to go to a physical <laughs> place. Any your point is actually <laughs> a huge point, Stephanie. There's no reason to go. Right. Yeah. You can do you can deposit the check yeah. through the phone. It's so annoying yeah. to go. Yeah. yeah. Right. right. So it's like you have to the, wait in line. Do you yeah. have to so people? now exactly you have to reimagine the entire experience. Yeah. And, well, and, you, yeah, to I would say, point. but you're you're absolutely right. And Capital One has taken the first step out. You've seen how they've changed their bank branch into a cafe. Right. Mm-hmm. So I just will say, banks have been struggling with this question for years because if you look at all the new upstarts and all the new apps and the new everything and our next generation of millennials and behind them. They don't want to do banking the way we were doing banking. Yep. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's still a question on the table. And I think I think a lot of the banks are trying to build their brands. I think they're trying to humanize their brands mm-hmm. because now they're up against, you know, a lot of the earlier stage startup companies. Uh, Monzo Bank is one that's coming here. It's from the U.K. Huge community. Everybody loves it, but it's all digital. There's no there's no wow. physical presence. Wow. So what? So yeah. how do brands differentiate themselves? What is the brand identity of a bank? You know what? What's the difference? I mean, you're not working in any of them now, so you can yeah. look at above and tell us. Right. Like, what's yeah. the difference in branding for Chase versus City versus Capital One versus Wells Fargo? <laughs> well, okay, I'm sitting here saying, like, well, let me, you know what's let me. funny? I'd much rather talk about brands of like Google, Facebook, and yeah. every startup and whatever and all. Yeah, yeah. Look, But what's branding... Monzo's brand, for example? Is it just like we speak to, we are digital, we, we don't do that old stuff, and we are for young people? Like, what's We the... are our community. We are our community. That's who, okay. Monzo Bank is interesting oh, because interesting. they built it. So they, in the UK, they built a huge community up to like 17,000 members who referred and kept referring new business in and they've had to do very you know very spend very little on marketing mm-hmm. but Monzo has a real and and by the way I, I don't know this particularly but they have like a bright orange debit card gotcha. that is cool that okay. you yep. take out at night and you can see it in the bar and oh, whatever wow. and all that's pretty oh, cool that's and all cool. but that so you have cool. this this group and you know go back to part of branding is also Birds of a feather flocking together and mm-hmm. people being together and how they Something feel about like something. identity, right? Yeah. <laughs> it I, is identity. I love this. This is right up my alley. I, yeah. I am feeling so at home in my comfort zone now, Barbara. Right. Yeah. This but, is awesome. But, 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 you know, I have to – but I, I totally agree with you that I don't know that the brands of the banks is very clear at this point. I will say that Capital One has always tried to work on it. And mm-hmm. you do see the commercials and you see Jennifer Garner and you see yep. the cafes and all of that. The cafes, I think, are great. I, I really yeah. do I, think I that do. does. Yeah. Uh, yep. And, you know, you need a place to sit, look at your phone, have a coffee, and yep. there it is. And while you're there, you know, you might want to, you know, get a loan or do some other kinds of things and <laughs> <Totally>. stuff. That's what goes into my head. Yeah. <laughs> but wouldn't, but wouldn't you say a brand is really purpose and promise? Absolutely. And, um, yeah. and so many, you know, the thing that I notice is big companies – 
invest in it and do that. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But if you look at a lot of earlier stage companies, they're taking it much more seriously these right. days. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't just start a product, open a shop, whatever. You have to think about, well, who am I? What mm-hmm. am I? Absolutely. What are people going to think? These digitally native vertical yeah. brands are all about an emotional connection about what this brand means. And That's a lot right. of them start small and then they'll grow. You know, yes. so to me, what's different about branding, I'm curious if you think this is the case, is in the old days, we would build awareness. Yeah. Um, and so like Super Bowl advertising or yeah. something like that, get my name out and then narrow into the loyalty. Now I think it's the opposite, yeah. which is where you take this niche and you build, like you were saying, this community, yeah. this identity, this loyalty. And then if you do a really good job of building that, yeah. you can yeah. start making it bigger, mm-hmm. yes. which is kind of the opposite wow. yeah. way of doing it. You agree wow. with that? I, I do. I do. And you know, yeah. well, a lot of, my, sorry, a lot of deep <laughs> existential, like reverse <laughs> purchase funnel. It may not be yeah. obvious to our audience, but yeah, yeah. that's you interesting. You didn't see my hands. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I, do, I wish the I audience could see it. Like, you know, the, the funnel is inverting, yeah. you know, yeah. the world is changing. Yeah, yeah it is. Well, no, it, it, it is. And, you know, I've really been introduced to communities because, mm-hmm. you know, we can't have a million and one communities. It's, 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 you have to think about which communities you're part of and what you want to be part of. And I think there's fights out there on social media and everything about which groups you're really going to, you know, attach to and be part of. But I think that's how you really rebr- you know, you build, build the strength yeah. of the brand with all of your fellow. I, I love that, that idea just to build on that, Stephanie, because it's funny what, as you were talking through that, I was like conceptually in my mind, you know, what is my relationship to the other to member? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly, though. This question, like, what is my relationship to the other members of Wells Fargo? I was like, right. I have no idea. That's a completely, you know, amorphous, yeah. non-existing thing in my mind. Yeah. But but building it out, you know, if you can kind of create yeah. this new paradigm, which is to say, Start we all own this. We're yeah. part of this. Yeah. Oh, and it happens to be kind of a, not right. a bank even, but something else. Right. right? It's powerful. Right. Well, and also, you know, some of those industries, I don't know that you want to be called a bank. I mean, I think you want want to be called some of the other names of what those early stage companies making it much, much more cool. Mm -hmm. You know, the other point I was going to make was if you think about customer lifetime value and you look at your most important customers, you know, you go back to you already have this group, but now who are they? I don't know that we looked as hard at that top, you know, 20 percent, the 80 percent of your revenue. And there you can really reap, you know, you're you're deepening the brand and the connections because you never want them to leave. Right. Exactly. I think sometimes we forget about them. Don't want to do that because they're incredibly important. And they'll also bring you more business and they'll give you more business. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of the lifetime value stuff was done in consumer market, uh, mm-hmm. consumer branding. Yep. I mean, mm-hmm. banking. Mm-hmm. That's where mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff started yep. because you had right. the customer data at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you want to build that long term relationship to that. Yeah. So um what are you? We have a few more minutes here. Yeah. What are you? What are you working on now? Is there some? Yeah, what, what's exciting? Sure. What, what, are the, what are the new passion points for you? Well, Stephanie? you know, yeah. I have to say, I, I, I love what I'm doing right now. So. Um, I do a lot of work, advisory work. Um, I work with a private equity firm. Uh, I was just actually at an executive summit last week speaking about marketing and how to how to drive uh, business results and value creation uh, across portfolio companies there. All really interesting stuff. I also work with a lot of interesting fintech startups. Nice. Uh, so the this is tech- huge, man. It's blowing up, oh, right? It, Unbelievable. It, it's, well, 400 applications come in for the next 10 class. But, you know, what I say is it's great when the market is doing well, lots of money is flying around and Lots of opportunities are out there. What's interesting, though, I work with Techstars, uh, the Barclays Accelerator, and I was the lead mentor on an insure tech venture, but worked with all the others as well, is there are just so many new opportunities and ideas. A lot of it is is spurred by technology. You know, what's 
the latest way, but back to behavioral economics. What way can we make this world a better place? What way can we meet people's needs in a better way? Um, so anyway, I love working with a lot of the startups, but also working with larger companies as well. And I always say driving innovation in large and small, it's the same kind of thing because mm-hmm. it's what's the need is that you're meeting? What problem are you solving? Mm-hmm. And then how mm-hmm. do you do that? Mm-hmm. And if we just bring it right back to Wharton alum, how, how oh, nice. important has your Bert, alumni- I mean, pretty- <laughs> on our network, you know, I mean, that kind of stuff. Has that been useful? Or, Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first of all, one thing I would just say to everyone is stay involved with the school. Um, in the early days for us, there wasn't the emails, the cell phones, the mm. connection mm-hmm. points, the websites and all of that. It was mm-hmm. a little harder to do that. Mm-hmm. Now it's a lot easier, but I've, I've been involved in other kinds of things I won't go into right now. But also just through my own network, um, my friends, many of them who I've had for so many years and all. But I will say, coming back to this reunion, I'm going to put a huge plug in. Awesome. We have gotten up to an absolute record-breaking 151 uh, alums, classmates coming back to our 30th reunion. Nice. And so far, the the largest number was class of 1986 was 147. Oh, wow. We hope to hold 151. (laughs) But even just, even if we don't, for us, it's the biggest turnout. And what I would say is I've gotten in touch with even more of my friends from many years ago. Interesting. That's fantastic. That's well, Stephanie Shelley, thank you so much for coming on our special reunion radio Marketing Matters program. Such a pleasure to have you. We'll come back next year. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent. And if you want to learn more about Stephanie, you can check her out on LinkedIn. Up next, we have Erica um, Pope. I think it's. Yeah, Erica Pope. Yeah, Erica Pope. Yeah, super <laughs> yeah. excited to have him on the program. Oh, awesome. Okay. Excellent. Thank you. For more guest interviews, check out our Wharton Business Radio Highlights podcast on iTunes and Google Play.